Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Eng. Today's episode is going to be a little bit all over the place and kind of crazy because there's not really anything specific that I wanted to talk to you guys about today. I just kind of wanted to put out an episode that really encompasses everything that's been going on in my life and what's been happening but also to answer some of the questions that you guys had and asked me on social media and whatnot regarding, you know, starting a business and starting an LLC and all that. So that's what today's episode is going to be. Just a little candid chat between me and you guys. So sit back, go do your chores or go on your drive, whatever you do when you're listening to podcast episodes and yeah, this is going to be a good one, a little, um, little chit chat. So let's get into it. As you can gather from the title of the podcast, I've got some big life updates for all of you that I'm really excited to share. A lot of things some of you may already know if you're following me on any form of social media because I've been like crazily talking about it on there and, you know, posting stuff on my stories. But if you're not and this is the first time that you're going to be hearing about some exciting news that I have to share... If you read the title and screamed like I did when I found out, yes, it's true. I'm going to Paris in about, honestly, less than two weeks and I'm going for about a week. Uh, I'm going to stay there and it's kind of like a work slash leisure trip. It's kind of a little bit of both and to some of the reason why I'm going to be in Paris in the first place and why it's super last minute because this is the most last minute trip, let alone my first also trip to Europe that I've ever planned. So, as you all know by now, because I've talked about it so many times on here, I'm in a Dior mentorship program, and for about six to seven months now, as I've told you guys, we've been working in teams of five on something called the Dream for Change Project, and the top chosen projects get invited to Paris to present in front of a prestigious jury and, you know, Dior and UNESCO leaders. So, I'm super excited to share with all of you who don't already know that my group's project called Girls on Board was chosen as one of the top five groups chosen to present, you know, in Paris on the global stage at the UNESCO headquarters in Paris. And that is the main reason why I'm going to be in Paris that week, which is super exciting. Besides that day, March 8th is when the conference is, besides it being like a full day of the conference, me and some of my group members decided to, you know, make a trip out of it since we're going to be in Paris, like, why not just spend a week there and do stuff? Because, like, nobody wants to go to Paris just for one night or two nights even. So, yeah, we made kind of, like, a trip out of it and we decided to stay for a lot longer. And the more, the more exciting part is that my boyfriend is coming with me, which is why I'm, like, mostly geeking out about the whole situation because this will be my first time in my life going to Paris and let alone Europe in general. And that's already a really big deal for me because, as many of you may not know, I don't really travel out of the country often. Um, I usually just travel domestically when I, if I do travel at all. So, for me to even fathom that I'll be in Europe in less than two weeks is still, like, it's it's really not hitting me and... It feels unreal, but every time I do something like like, like planning the itinerary or even packing, like it starts to feel a little bit real. And even talking about it right now, I'm like feeling it a little bit. So uh, I'm super excited. And also, I don't know how much that I mentioned it on here, but I did do a minor in French studies during my undergrad at Parsons. So I've been studying French for about three years now. And I, 
like that sounds like a lot but I'm, I'm a little rusty I'm not gonna lie especially since graduating from college last year I haven't been like exactly studying as hard as I should have but I definitely will be back on my studying mode these next few weeks before I leave for the trip and yeah I'm obviously you guys know that I'm a fashion enthusiast so I'm very excited to be in one of the world's fashion capitals especially being from New York the European fashion is going to be very different from what I'm used to in seeing American fashion but you know, of course, I'll always have my own personal bias to New York being the fashion capital because, you know, I was born here and this is my home. But obviously, you can't deny Paris being the center of luxury fashion and couture. So, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to update you guys on because it's just one of the major milestones that has been consuming a lot of my time lately and going into 2024 and thinking about like my career and where I'm taking it. This is one of the the biggest things. Even if it's just one day in Paris where it's going to be really work-related, I kind of want to just like network as much as I can out there, really use the time, get inspired. Honestly, even just being inspired is going to, I feel like, further... It's like the little things that I'm really taking advantage of. So I think just being in Paris is going to help me kind of redirect my life and think about where I want to take things and see if I do like traveling internationally and if I do like being in places other than New York. Because up until now, I only ever look for opportunities in New York and in the Americas because that's what I'm used to. And overall, I'm just really proud of my teammates and I for working on this project and making it all the way to this point because I remember like in the beginning of this program when they told us about the prospect of being invited to Paris and presenting our projects, in front of people like Maria Grazia, who is the creative director of Dior. It was, of course, something that I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure if I was able to get up to that point. And if you know anything about me, you know that when I really put my work and put my effort into something, I really give it like my 100%, my, my 1000%, honestly. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't hold back until I can get it to where I want it to be. And so, and here we are a couple of months later and seeing all of the work that I've put into this come into fruition is just, is really unreal to me. And I'm so proud of everything that we've accomplished as a group. So that being said, I know a lot of you are curious about the Dior mentorship program because I've gotten so many questions on it through like email, through people reaching out to me on Instagram. So for those of you that are interested in this program, I'm glad that I get to make it this far to be able to share kind of like the best case scenario if you're in the program and what you can really get out of it if you truly make the most of your experience. But yeah, with all that being said, there is a lot that I have to say about the program in general, like the the tea, if you will, about Dior and the program itself. Um, and I do plan to do that, but in another episode because that's not what this episode is about and I don't really feel like getting into all that tonight. Uh, it's just like not the kind of night for negativity. So we're going to keep that into a different episode when... I feel like doing it. But anyway, if you guys know what I'm getting at here, then you get it. I will definitely elaborate about what I'm talking about in terms of like spilling the tea in, fu in future episodes. But yeah, I've actually had a lot of you who reached out to me with questions about this program and I'm always more than happy to answer any questions that you guys have, like specific questions. Don't just like ask me about the program. So if you guys have specific questions, please feel free to reach out to me, to message me or email me, whatever you're comfortable with. I will... I will always try to respond so and if I don't respond then I'm super busy and like burnt out probably but most of the time I will respond so but yeah anyway the point of even mentioning the program in the first place was all to say that I'm super excited to be able to go to Paris so soon 
And other than just being in Europe and being there for the Dior conference, it's really just a major deal to me that I'm going to be able to be there with my boyfriend and that he gave up, you know, his own personal time to be there with me. It really meant a lot to me. And I don't know, like these days I've been feeding off the energy that life is short. And so I want to romanticize this trip as much as I can while I'm there. And that's what I plan to do. It's obviously, you know, a lot of time and money is going to be invested into it, but I want to make the most of it. So that's one of the bigger things that I have to update you all on. And in less than two weeks, basically, I'll be in Paris and I can't wait to share more about that trip and stuff on here. Um, and yeah, right now I'm like, I have such a headache from like planning stuff and like looking into stuff to do and all that, but it's been fun. Like, and I get to study my French, so it's, uh, it's all good things. In other news, let's see what else I have to share to, with you guys. Um, the other day, I actually, I attended a personal dream event for me. And it was a Glossier private preview opening party of their new flagship store in Soho. And why was it a dream event for me, you ask? Well, because I've been a huge proponent of the Glossier brand since like back in high school when they launched their very first item being the boy brow. And then they went on to create the cloud paints that are probably one of their best-selling items. Either way, I just love and, you know, I loved and still love everything that they've come out with ever. So it was a really big deal for me to go to a Glossier event and especially one of such high caliber. Like they're like, it's really iconic for them to be opening, reopening their flagship store in Soho and getting invited to a private preview where like major beauty influencers, editors and models and stuff are invited to. It was a really big deal. And you'll actually never guess how I finessed an invite. And usually for events and shows and stuff, I will do outreach on my own. Like I will cold email people and there's no shame in that because if you, you know, if you want to get stuff, you have to ask for it. But yeah, long story short, my dad actually got me and my boyfriend an invite to this event and he himself also, you know, he went as well and it was, it was so much fun and he looked like he was having a good time. So I've had my fair share of beauty and fashion events. I'm not going to lie to you guys. And a lot of them are purely for show. Like, you go and get some pictures, you show your face, you drink some drinks, and then you leave. And you get your content, all that kind of stuff. And I don't hate events like that because it is what it is. And I've, I've accepted that these days, that's what getting an event, get, that's what getting an invite to an event is most of the time. Um, but I do prefer events that have more substance to it. And that's all to say that this Glossier event was definitely that. You know, other than there being drinks there, like an open bar, live music, and food, there were also, like, so many interactive things to do there. Like, there was a claw machine with free products, and all the Glossier products, like, were out in the showroom that you could also interact with as well. So, kudos to Glossier for throwing one of the more interesting and entertaining events that I've been to in a while. Um, and I know a lot of you are probably like, why is she talking about this event and blah blah blah. But honestly, I wanted to bring it up because I learned and realized a lot of things about myself that night. Like, to some of you hearing this might think like, oh, it was just like some influencer event, whatever. But it wasn't just an event to me. This to me was a social environment where I had to go out of my comfort zone in certain instances. And, you know, usually when I go to fashion events, I usually go alone, which is usually the case. I don't typically like talk to anyone and I just take my content and then I leave which I know is like not great etiquette, but my social anxiety, believe it or not, gets to me sometimes as it gets a lot of people. But this event, since my boyfriend and my dad were there, as I mentioned before, it kind of put like a lot of pressure on me to, you know, show up and pretend like I actually knew what I was doing 
in my own industry. So that's why I kind of really pushed myself outside of my comfort zone that night. There were a couple of editors who I followed on Instagram for a while now that I really looked up to and in any other circumstance, I would have just admired them from afar and not said anything to them. But my boyfriend was actually the one that pushed me to say something to them and so I did. So I went up to them and talked to them and I introduced myself and my boyfriend and it was just really good to have that connection with someone with such influence in the industry that I'm working in. So, you know, as I'm trying to move my career forward and build up my network of people who I know and can reach out to, it's really good to have to have met those people, especially at an event, and then you make like an impact and you make them remember you. So after that, I also saw a couple of influencers that I had followed for a long time and you know, I also went up to them too. One of them, her name was Vivian. She is someone who I followed for a long time now. Um, to the point where I basically knew like her whole life story and I knew everything about her just by following her content. You know when you kind of like know everything about someone just because you follow them on Instagram and you see their stories and stuff? Yeah, that's basically how I know this influencer. And I was so nervous to go up to talk to her because, I don't know, I didn't want to seem weird or whatever, like I'm like this like fangirl. But again, my dad and my boyfriend pushed me to do so and... at at that moment she was talking to someone and I like politely interrupted and told her that I'd been following her for a long time and that I loved her content and of course I apologized to her friend for also interrupting and you know she was literally the sweetest person ever and she pulled me off to the side and was like here come here we can go talk on the side where it's more quiet and I legit am not kidding you I almost cried and not because I was like fangirling over an influencer being nice to me but genuinely because I always just assume that big influencers like that don't want anything to do with people who follow them, but it's really not true at all, depending on the person, of course. But anyway, we talked for a reasonable amount of time, and then she freaking asked for my Instagram, and now she follows me too, which is really cool. So that's why, like, I kind of wanted to bring up this event and just, like, some stuff that I learned from it, because all of those connections that I made just through that one event by going up and talking to people... And just like relating to them and just making candid conversation was really mind-blowing to me. And why I said this event changed me is because now in future events, I'm going to be less afraid in talking to new people and networking with people. So if there's something that you guys can take out of what I'm talking about, it's to really face your fears, as corny as that sounds, and just go talk to that person that you've been looking up to. Even if you're afraid about what that person will think of you, Trust me, you're going to be faced with so much more regret if you miss out on the opportunity to talk to them at all. Which is something that I do often and I regret doing all of those years of going to events with like the most influential people in the room and not actually going up and saying something to them. But yeah, that was the majority of that event and you know, my dad, me and my boyfriend, we all enjoyed ourselves to the fullest before leaving and going back home. I'm also just happy that my dad and my boyfriend were able to enjoy themselves and their each other's company and have such a fun time because I honestly thought that they would get bored after a few hours because it's like you know it's like kind of like a it was like a you know it was like an influency event so sometimes you know boyfriends and dads don't really like that but my dad surprisingly probably had the most fun out of all of us because he was downing multiple cocktails and dancing to the music so go dad we love that for him Also, even despite the fact that I was invited to the event through my dad, which I have no shame in saying, it was just a really good opportunity to get in front of the Glossier team and be like, hi, notice me please. 
because after the event itself, I was like posting a lot, obviously, and using a lot of hashtags so that the Glossier team would notice me. And surely enough, the director of influencer marketing of Glossier and the head of real estate and development of Glossier followed me on Instagram. So those are just two really invaluable connections that I've made from not having any connections at all before the event. So I'm glad to finally be taking my advice after all these years of giving it to you guys, but you know, do always make the most of the opportunities that you get. And I will say nine out of nine times out of 10, I usually do that. But there are definitely some moments when I lose out the most. So hopefully I can say goodbye to those old habits and start adapting these new ones. And I guess I need to start bringing my dad and boyfriend to more fashion events with me because they seem to encourage me to really like step out of my shell. But yeah, that was all of the life updates that I have for you. It wasn't really a lot because not that much happened, but they were both pretty involved and like long-winded explanations. So, you know, kind of glad I was able to tell you guys more about those. And now I kind of wanted to get into the main part of the episode, which was meant to be about something that I talk about all the time, and it's my LLC. And first, before I get into this very convoluted conversation about the topic of LLCs and like starting your own business and finances and all that kind of stuff, I just wanted to put out there and disclaim that I am nowhere near an expert on this topic. My expertise comes from my, you know, you know, expertise, I'm putting quotes around that, comes from taking one accounting class while I was in college and my professor made me do like in-depth research on LLCs and presented to the class for extra credit. And then the rest of it comes from what I know from my dad and my accountant and what they've taught me throughout my experience. But other than that, it's all just stuff I looked up online that I've done research on on YouTube and I've done extensive research. But so, you know, try to take everything I say with a grain of salt. I mean, obviously, I speak from my own experience of having an LLC. But yeah, if I mess up some facts regarding the specifics of what an LLC is and whatnot, please do not come after me. I am still urging you all to do your own research on the matter, but with that being said, I kind of did want to share a little bit about my own research and my experiences and why I started, why I decided to start an LLC for myself and what are some of the benefits of having one that I personally discovered. Um, and then I want to answer some of the questions that some of you have that I got through my DMs on Instagram just to clear up some common questions that I get all the time. So hopefully you guys find this information, you know, helpful for any of you who've ever wanted to learn about LLCs or maybe don't even know what an LLC is and, you know, I'm going to teach you something new here. I don't know. But regardless, I think if you plan on being an entrepreneur and that's something that you've thought of being in this lifetime, then starting your own LLC is a really good place to start from what I've heard and what I'm doing, I guess. So let's start with the biggest and most obvious thing, which is why did I start my LLC? I know the title of this podcast episode makes it sound like I just started my LLC this year, but I've actually had mine for about two and a half years, but I haven't actually been able to use it up until like last year. I started my LLC, which is called K-Site, because I knew I wanted to have my own business eventually, so I kind of just when I learned about LLCs, decided to start one because I wanted to like invest in my own future and just do these processes very early on so I didn't have to worry about it later. And that's my sole reason of why I started it. I don't know if you guys wanted more out of that, like why I started it, but you know, I also did at that time like hear a lot about the benefits of having it, like writing off business expenses and all that, but logistically I didn't understand any of that at the time. Now I kind of do and I'll explain more about it later, but 
yeah, I heard some of those things and wanted to be able to use those benefits later down the line. Again, like I said, when I'm older. So I started it two years ago. Little did I know how many steps were actually involved in starting an LLC and the amount of money that I actually had to invest into it. But by the time I found out all of those things and wanted to back out, I realized that I put so much like time and effort into it. So I just continued at that point. And honestly, it's one of the best decisions that I've made in my adult life. I think I've explained this before in past episodes, but if you're wondering how I use my LLC in my daily life, basically when I created it, I was asked to choose the business function and you know, I was asked like, what would it be for? And at the time I really didn't know. So I just put consulting because I was like, okay, that seems pretty general enough. So, and I think it worked out really well because now I've been doing a lot of freelance jobs. So I'm basically like consulting, like they're hiring me for my skill and expertise. And since I'm not under like any contracts, a lot of the businesses that I've worked with were able to pay me through my LLC, therefore making my business quote-unquote profitable if you will because I'm getting paid directly so it worked out really well for me in that regard and it's basically what my LLC is for as of right now since I obviously don't have my own like official business like I don't I didn't start a brand or anything I don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet so right now that's what my LLC is for and for those of you let's start from the very beginning are not familiar with what an LLC is it stands for limited liability company And I'm not entirely an expert on the logistics of it either, but long story short, you can get the characteristics of a corporation, a partnership, and a sole proprietorship in an LLC. And it's kind of like a hybrid of them all. And it's usually what is recommended for startups, for people who want more flexibility and good taxation options. When I was in accounting class back in my undergrad, we learned that one of the most compelling reasons why people start LLCs is to limit their own personal liability. So if the business is sued or files for bankruptcy or whatever there is very little liability on your like on you personally so that's obviously not the reason why I started mine I have like no idea what that means but if that's something that sounds appealing to you then an LLC might be a good option for you for in that regard so I think one of the biggest questions I get on my social media all the time when I'm posting information on my LLC is the whole taxing side of it and the whole like what are the financial benefits of it? Because everyone's like, I'm not going to put the effort into it until like it actually benefits me. And I'm not going to lie. I've never done my own taxes and I don't plan to this year because I do have an accountant. But for those of you who are interested in learning more, here is some information that I found online that might be enticing to start an LLC. So according to like what I found online, the federal government references LLCs as disregarded entities. So when you choose an LLC, the IRS taxes you as a sole proprietorship, basically. So this structure basically means that as a business owner, you are taxed through your personal income tax and not through like double taxation, which is what many corporations experience. Again, I'm not an expert on all of this, but what I'm getting from this is like, personally, the way that having an LLC helps you benefit tax-wise is that your company is not directly taxed and you just have to pay tax as an individual. But you still have the ability to write off things as business expenses and therefore reduce the amount of taxes you're paying. So, sorry if that sounded like complete gibberish. I was basically like reading off the website. But this, for me, when I heard of it, sounded like one of the... sounded really good. And it was one of the bigger reasons why I thought it might be a good idea for me to start an LLC. And... 
this is going to be my first year where, because this isn't the first year of my business being profitable. So it's going to be my first year writing off business expenses. And that's what I'm currently doing right now with my accountant. So I, re I will report back on that whole entire process and what exactly it consists of. But so far, it looks like it's going to save me quite a bit of money when it comes to reducing my taxes this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And for any of you who were curious about what that process is looking right like right now, since I'm literally doing you know, my expenses as we speak, I can give a little bit of insight. So my dad has been helping me out with this process a lot because he himself has his own LLC and he he's the one who kind of inspired me to make it as well. But he told me to basically download all of my credit card payment summaries for, for last year. And I basically put them into a spreadsheet and I, I made two columns, a business expense column and a personal expense column. And I kind of just like ticked off what each expense was like is it business or personal and it's, it's a lot to go through because I've had quite a few expenses for the year 2022 and I've been doing it for all of my credit cards my Amazon purchases every every any purchase or expenses that I've made and so I'm just kind of going through that right now and taking it off business or personal and you know please don't rely on me to tell you which one is which because I honestly did not know that either when I asked my dad about how to determine whether it's business or personal he kind of just told me to use my own judgment and to be able to if they ask prove whether or not it's a business expense or a personal expense like you have to be able to prove it I guess if they ask so I'm still very unsure about that and again it's my first year doing this so um yeah I'm just like I'm going through that right now so I will get back to you guys on that but sorry if that was a really confusing explanation I'm still getting the hang of this process but yeah that's what I've been doing personally so if that sounds like so if you're doing this all by yourself without the help of like an accountant or a parent who knows a lot about it maybe you want to try doing that too anyway I know I'm jumping all over the place with this topic but I kind of wanted to give you guys a few more tips when it comes to creating your own LLC and a small tip is if you're going to do what I did and freelance and get paid through your LLC it's a good idea to go open to your you know it's a good idea to go to your bank and open up a business account because obviously the companies that you work for need to pay you through a specific account tied to your LLC. So this is what I did. And when I opened the account, I also opened a business credit card that like says my LLC's name and all of that. So it's like, it's pretty cool and legit looking if you're looking for clout, I guess. But yeah, I did that. I also registered for an EIN number for my LLC, which is a tax identification number for my company. And again, don't ask why I did the th why, like what intuition made me do all these things because I can literally not tell you it was two years ago and that Christina is very different from this Christina right now. But I just, I was very involved in this process. Like it was during COVID, so I was super bored and I did a whole bunch of research and that's what I gathered from all of my research. So um, yeah, that's why I know all this stuff and like why I did all these things, but just relating that to you guys. But Anyway, randomly switching gears again, I know another big question that a lot of people ask me is how much does it cost to start an LLC and it really depends on where you're going to start yours because every city is different and obviously I opened mine in New York City because that's where I'm from and I would say that it, my estimate is that it cost me around 1.5 to 2k with all of the fees and stuff um, but that doesn't include the yearly and biannually biannual fee that you also have to pay to keep up your LLC so just keep those things in mind and if you're wondering what those 
1.5 to 2k fees consist of. It's just for a lot of like official paperwork, your tax number. There's also a requirement to have your LLC published in two newspapers. So that publishing fee is also kind of hefty as well. And I, I didn't know at the time how expensive it was to get like your LLC published in a newspaper, but it, it is expensive. It can be like, I think I remember one of the publications that I got published by was like $300 or something. Another was like $400. So like that itself is like already adds up to $700. So I know it's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to do research on your own, but definitely, you know, I can do a more specific episode going into like all of that stuff if you guys are interested. That's going to take me a little bit of time though, because I definitely will need to go back into the archives and see all the steps that I did for that process. Because right now I'm just speaking from like pure memory of like what I remember doing, but I, it was obviously a lot more convoluted than I'm explaining right now. But I think overall, I will say this, I think it's really cool to have your own LLC. And right now, as I mentioned, I'm just using it for my consulting and freelancing purposes since I really don't have the time or don't know what I want to start yet for my own company. But at least when I do, I already have done all the work of getting an LLC and I can always change the name of my LLC if I don't want it to be K-Site because honestly, right now it's K-Site because it was like a last minute thing and that's all I could come up with at the time and I wanted it to be very general. But yeah, I will definitely update you guys when I close up this tax season and finish doing all my LLC taxes stuff with my accountant because I'm still like very much in the thick of it right now as it's like end of February going into March and I'm kind of like on the late end of stuff but I definitely want to let you guys know if I do end up saving a lot of money from writing off business expenses um, and whether or not it's actually worth starting an LLC for that purpose or not. But yeah, I hope this gave you a little bit of insight into that whole process and how I kind of been using it to my own advantage and maybe you guys want to consider doing the same thing for yourselves. And another reason I kind of just like wanted to bring it up is because I've been seeing so many people also starting their own LLCs and a lot of people who like I a lot of my friends who just have LLCs just for the same reason that I do just for like just in case and in the future but yeah I think it's like I think it's a really good idea to start something like that and obviously I will say that if you're going to do it, you have to be willing to invest a lot of time and money into doing research to do it because it's not an easy process. It's not a cheap process either. So I would say you have to be very involved. Like I literally did it while we were in COVID and like while everyone was quarantined and staying home and I was bored out of my mind and in college and we weren't going into classes. I had so much time on my hands. So I was able to do those things and I'm glad that I did do it very early on because now I'm working and I'm freelancing and I'm traveling and stuff and I don't, I would never have time right now to um, focus on all that. So yeah, definitely put some time aside to do the research and to actually do it. And I def, you know, I want to just like, I'm so proud that baby Christina went through that process because I definitely wouldn't have the patience to do it right now. So my advice for all of you is if you are still in high school or college and you have time, do those important financial things now rather than later because you're not going to want to do it when you're older and have more responsibilities and more financial, you know, financial responsibilities to take care of like rent and stuff. So that's my advice. And if you're going to take anything out of this podcast episode, take that with you all. And that is all for today's episode. And I know this one was like super long and kind of overbearing at times, but um, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing. If you have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram because I would love to hear them. 
I love you guys all so much and see you on the next episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast.